Hello and welcome to another edition of the Post Up Podcast. This is Cyrus Rogers, and I'm joined by Kaunda Chama, the second in command, um, number two. Uh, I guess, you know, if this was Star Trek, they'd call you number one because I'm the captain. You'll be the first mate. Yes, Captain. Commander Riker. Oh, I'm Commander Riker and you're <laughs> John Luc Picard. That's okay, it. I, I don't no, mind because no. he was the better looking of the two. So... Yes, had more facial hair and hair on the top of his head. But we're talking <laughs> basketball and not Star Trek on this one. Counter, <laughs> always good to be with you, man. And, uh, you know, much like in Star Trek when they will boldly go where no man has gone before, a lot of teams in the NBA are doing similar. And there's some really interesting stuff happening um, that is a, a little hard to sort of almost gauge. And I guess let's talk about the you know off-season moves how the trade mm -hmm. market has been where things are going in terms of player movement and and some of the stuff that's really stood out for us because there's a couple of African players who um or players with with African links who have have gone places taken um weird contracts and just sort of fallen off but at the same time we've also got really big stories to, to, to discuss and I think let's start with the biggest of them all which is um the LA Lakers and mm -hmm. and what their moves have been like because all eyes will be on los angeles and lebron james and the purple and gold and seeing just what they can do this season because i'm sure you'll agree they hugely underperformed last season yes there were injury um, problems that led to a lot of those um failures but this is not the way a championship team should have played nor the way they should have gone out no cyrus an early exit like that first round was 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 quite embarrassing. I, I think it was it, it was it was a, a an energy killer, if you if you will. I mean, I mean, seeing a, a team coming back from a championship and then not even making it to the second round of the playoffs that was that was quite sad. I mean, as a fan, obviously, I took it hard, and I can see this season what they're trying to do is they're trying to get that balance of you know youth athleticism and, and, and veteran. You know experience they're trying to get a mix of that although the the squad leans more to that veteran experience if you look at the age Le leans more i like the way you put that what you're seeing with the lakers though is that they didn't just uh you know move towards a more experienced squad they actually went and shopped at the old age home yes cyrus if if you're gonna go there with it, it we can go there Be because cyrus look if, if, if you look at six of the key players right <laughs> in the los angeles yeah. lakers these were all-stars in 2012 the same year that anthony davis was drafted into the league so i'm talking russell westbrook Carmelo anthony dwight howard rajan rondo lebron james and mark gasol they were all all-stars in 2012 and i think that was in nola that, that was the, the the other one in nola where you didn't go you went to the other one in nola so when i look at that cyrus it makes me think whoo we are really you know you're pushing we're, it we're you're replaying pushing it. uncle drew in, in real life <laughs> <laughs> but there was a really interesting um article on, on the forbes website where they were talking about the average age of the lakers and and just how they stack up against some of the oldest teams to win championships in in you know nba history and and the, the current age of the lakers at the moment if they add rajon rondo who they've been talking about adding and potentially um deandre jordan who might be bought out by the nets and then potentially move to the lakers you're looking at an average age of about 31.2 years in fact it actually increases from the current age that it's at which is 31.2 to 31.6 so almost 32 yep. years old there are only mm -hmm. two other teams in NBA history um, who've won championships with older rosters. 
One of those was in 2010, 2011, and that was the Dallas Mavericks. Their average yep. age was 31.6. They had a 37-year-old Jason Kidd on their uh, their roster at that point. And then the other team, and the oldest one to do it, was 97, 98 Bulls. And their average age was 32. Now, mm-hmm. LeBron James has been on older teams before. He's actually won on a Heat team um, that I think that was like the 2010, 2011 season. Um, oh, no, sorry, 2011, 2012 season. Um, and I think their average age was was in the sort of early 30, 31s. And, um, but he was the youngster on that roster. Now he's yeah. one of the elder states, statesmen in this Lakers team. And, you know, is age nothing but a number? I mean, is that basically what the Lakers are saying? Look, Cyrus, these are professional athletes, and and, and uh, I'd be I'd be at pains to say that any of those people are over the hill. Let, let, let's look at the, the 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 older the older guys, right? If you look at maybe Mark Gasol, he's not as mobile as he he's been in the past. Uh, yeah. Maybe Mellow is not Denver Nuggets Mellow, but but. LeBron James is not uh, Cleveland Cavaliers LeBron or Miami Heat LeBron either. Yeah. But but he has won a championship in a Lakers jersey uh, two seasons ago. Um, Melo's never won a championship. Rondo did the same two seasons ago. He's he's won a championship. Uh, uh, Russell Westbrook has never won a championship, but that's a that's a uh, bona fide uh, triple double machine MVP. So. Cyrus, it, it all depends on uh, on the level of fitness for me. When you're playing sport at this level, of course, the youngsters will be jumping here, there, and everywhere, and 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 you know potentially outrunning the bigger guys. But there's also it's, it's not just a physical game. Basketball is is a mental game as well. So there's the mental part as well as the physical part. So whereas the youngsters might beat you with running around and having that more speed you might be able to slow down the pace and beat them using experience. So there are times when age becomes nothing but a number, but let's not downplay youth and athleticism here, Cyrus. So no, I, I think they're taking, they're taking a calculated gamble, and I hope for their sake it pays off. Well, I mean, look, as a fan, you're a Lakers fan, you definitely hope that it pays off. But I, I mm-hmm. think the other thing, though, is, you know, when you look at... at potentially the other contenders for for this title and maybe even in the western conference itself there might be teams saying look at these old guys i'm sure we can beat them because when you look at at the sort of ages like you mentioned Kamala anthony he's 37 years old trevor mm-hmm. reese is 36 um mm-hmm. you got wayne ellington who's just come through he's 33 uh, marcus mm-hmm. is 36 dwight howard 35 lebron james 36 russell westbrook is a sprightly 32 Wesley Matthews is 34. <laughs> so, you know, you've got you've got guys who are sort of pushing the, that that mid to late 30s and they'll they'll have a wealth of experience around them. But that could also be a bit of a hindrance because one of the things we're not talking about here is durability in the sense that, yes, being older means you slow down a little bit, but sometimes it also means it's tougher to recover from injuries as well. And the last couple of years, what's the thing that's been hampering the Lakers a heck of a lot? You know, we're talking about injuries. So that yes. that becomes a, a bit of a thing. And and so I, I hope that the Lakers have also invested heavily in physio because the team doctor might be a very busy guy this season. 
but I do think though that looking at the construction of that 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 um, entire roster, they definitely mm-hmm. have one of the better teams in the NBA, not just in the Western Conference. And I think that when you look at the talent level of a lot of those guys, it's hard to knock them. It's hard to say Camelo Anthony can't offer you something because he was doing stuff last season at the at the Portland Trailblazers. Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook at 32 does not look as if he's, you know, that many years removed from Russell Westbrook at 28 or 29. So, you know, you should get a heck of a lot of production from him. And then the other young guys will be um, part of of really pushing this team forward. Guys like Kendrick Nunn, guys like Malik Monk, those are the guys they brought in to really be um, igniters. And not to forget that they've got a really young 20-year-old Taylor Horton Tucker who's been really sensational for the Lakers over the last couple of years. So they'll definitely use the young guys a lot, but then lean on the older guys' experience. And and the Warriors, when they won their championships, had a lot of experience coming off the bench. So perhaps that's what yep. the Lakers' thinking is. You know, is let's let's have some young guys who can really they're, they're still hungry. We've also got older guys who haven't won a chip, and they'll be mm-hmm. really really motivated to win. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about the Rajon Rondo signing. He was great in the bubble for the Lakers. He's a great point guard. Um, but there's something about it that just feels a little like a backward step because he's he's not as quick as he as he used to be. And you saw that he wasn't as effective as he's been in the past when he was playing with the Clippers last season. Um, mm-hmm. But I think sort of last comments on this count, and I want to get your thoughts on this. When you think about the Lakers matching up against, let's say, who else in the Western Conference would, would be a potential threat to them? Let's say the Jazz, right? Let's use the Jazz as an example. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Lakers have enough? I mean, we haven't even spoken about the fact that uh, um, they've also still got Anthony Davis on their roster, and he's only 28, and he's a critical um, a piece of, of the puzzle there. Do you think that this Lakers roster can beat any um, team in, in, in the Western Conference um, before potentially going into the NBA Finals? And I bring up the Jazz because you look at if if both teams are, are really fit because um, that Jazz team has got a lot of shooting, got a lot of relatively big guys, but just, you know, fail at the first hurdle. Do you think this is the kind of roster that could beat teams like that? Absolutely, Cyrus. I, I, I think they've, they, 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 they've come in and they're going to be boxing smart. What, what they've got is they've got some big guys. They've they've brought in Dwight Howard. You know, they've got Gasol. Ariza is not the shortest guy. So you you, you can a, a, a Trevor Ariza can even guard a five if you're playing if you're if you're playing small. You know, he, he could guard a five if you switch up. So I think what the Lakers have done is they, they've come in and they want to box smart and 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 they want to use. That, that veteran experience because all these guys like you said they've got a lot of hungry guys who've never won a hungry you know vets that have never won a championship as well as some youngsters who, who haven't so trevor's won a championship with kobe at kobe at the lakers but you know if you look at mellow you, you look at russ you, you know those are the kind of guys that are coming in and saying look i, I really need that chip I, I need to add it to my legacy because i think you and i have had this discussion off mic where it's become a very chip oriented uh, a league or, or chip oriented environment where if you don't have that championship you're kind of looked upon like ah, you are great but but yeah so he's got a, he's got a lot of a couple of players that want to do that and and i think when it comes to the youngsters he's got a, a, enough of the youngsters to push it and i like the way you use the example of the 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 golden state warriors because cyrus it's it's actually interesting to think that the time the golden state warriors became a dynasty and they were going for that three-peat the the youngsters then 
the kind of youngsters then are now the vets. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's crazy. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's glad to see they got Igudala back, so they've got a real vet vet. But, but, but you know, like, they had Igudala. They had, uh, you know, uh, Sean Livingston. You know, they, they, mm. they, they, they had older guys that came off the bench and really gave them some productive minutes. And I think yeah. that's what uh, the Lakers are going for. And I think a Rajan Rondo will be the secondary well he'll be the secondary point guard i think he'll be coming in for russell westbrook because i think they really want to and i know a lot of people don't agree with this or don't believe this but we'll, we'll believe it when we see it they really want to take the ball out of lebron's hands he's not as yeah. quick as he used to be he's not as you know flexible and, and and suave as he used to be when he was a younger player so now they need to find somebody who can handle the ball and dish it to a lebron dish it to an Anthony Davis and take that so that LeBron gets less touches. He doesn't bring up that ball. He, he gets the ball passed to him. So I think Russell could do that, then so can Rajan Rondo. So that, that's how I understand it, but let's wait till and, the season starts. And I guess in essence, that's why they brought in Kendrick Nunn, you know, that youth mm -hmm. who can also, you know, he's a ball handler, so he should be able to yeah. do stuff. But I think this is also the other thing, going back to age, because in essence, you want to take the ball out of LeBron's hands because you want to preserve him. And, yeah. you know, you exert a heck of a lot of energy dribbling the ball consistently throughout a game. So, mm -hmm. you know, and LeBron, I mean, he should be 37 in December. So, you know, he's not aging in reverse. And uh, him spending so much on, on his health and his uh, maintaining his physical well-being says that he knows that. So, you know, it's one of those things where the Lakers have to work with who they've gotten. And I think they've actually worked really smart here because they didn't really have many assets or, or anything going into the postseason. And now, when you look at the free agency market and the guys they've brought in, they've done sensationally well. And I must say, I take, I tip my hat to them. I do have my concerns about some of the fit in terms of how things will work late in games, who will you know handle the rock, how the egos get sort of managed, all of that. Because initially, it was the big three where people are like, okay, mm -hmm. so LeBron, Russ, and AD, and AD, the egos, they are going to be insane. But now you've also got Melo as part of, of the, the egos. And not to say he's a very egotistical player, but you know he'll think pretty highly of him himself and and you know he's one of those mm -hmm. where he, he knows what he wants to do and what he has to do and somebody who's had a big ego in the past was Dwight Howard who then found some humility in order to win a championship and he'll tap into that a lot more as well so I think the Lakers are in, in a really really good space um but let's carry on talking about some of the other offseason trades and one of them and one team that we brought up was the Warriors because you had a question around whether or not the Warriors might even do anything in this particular um, coming season. Uh, do you still feel that way? Well, look, I, I, I kind of think they, the Warriors have stayed flat. Obviously, last season, they, they, they didn't have Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is a key piece for the Warriors. The Splash mm. Brothers is not just a saying. It is it is for real. We've seen yeah. it. We've seen it very uh, uh, LeBron-led Cavs. We, 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 we've seen it uh, very... A, 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 a KD and Russell Westbrook led OKC. The Splash Brothers is a thing. It exists. It's for real. Yeah. So, but I was just looking at it to say Draymond hasn't been the Draymond of old. Or maybe I'm mm. overjudging him here. So, you know, you, you've got the, 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 the original core is back. You've got Steph, Clay, Draymond. But uh, it, it, will James Wiseman is he ready to rise to that next level, Cyrus? Uh, will yeah, Iggy still question. have that much impact because he's not as young as he was back he's in 2015? Yeah, you know he, he's getting <laughs> right up there. You know, and, and, and if I look at the the other pieces you've taken on, so you you've got Otto Porter Jr. who you brought yep. in, 
Uh, and, 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 and there's Nemanja another Belica. player you've got. You've got Nemanja Belica, who who's been pretty impressive. I mean, that, that's, that's a great player. And then you've got Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins, for me, I don't know. He's a could have been still in my in my eyes. He yeah, hasn't yeah. he hasn't really showed me that he is the rookie of the year guy that we thought. Wow, this guy, he's former number one things. pick. Yeah, former number one pick. You know, it, 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 and I say sometimes I do this unfairly because people say I knock him too much. But he, him and Carl Anthony Towns for me, it's like <laughs> there were these great guys, and when they were paired up, I thought, oh wow. This is when this could two be, young guys be become superstars. And then all of a sudden, it's like they, they kept on hitting some sort of ceiling. And and I hope maybe Andrew Wiggins playing alongside, because he, he plays the three, right? So Yeah, he is the three. Because he's a stretch three, right? So I, I hope him playing alongside Clay Thompson and, and Steph can bring out some different kind of energies. Because I, I saw him last season, he did explode from time to time. And I was like, oh, maybe mm. maybe he needed San Francisco. Maybe he needed that yay area breeze, you know, to to, 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 to give him that energy. You know? I, 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 I don't know, Cyrus, but to me, it seems as if the, the, the Warriors have stayed flat and then they were not really that high up there, really. Yeah. Look, I, I agree with you. I, I can't disagree with that. I think the, one of the, the key factors here is we saw what Steph Curry did last season. I mean, he was a scoring champion. I think he averaged 32 points a game and he was just sensational. And he carried them to almost making it um, into the playoffs, uh, getting knocked out in the play-in game by the Grizzlies, which was hella embarrassing. But I do think, though, that... Um, as a Warriors fan myself, I look at what they've done now and I think, okay, it, it, it's almost trying to, to, to sit on the fence between, you know, trying to go for a championship and make the most of what's happening with the players that you have, like Steph, Draymond, Clay, um, those guys in particular, they're, they're pushing it in terms of age. And so you want to invest in, in their better years, but then also at the same time, keeping an eye on what's happening with the youth. Because when you look at the fact that, yeah, and you ask the question, is James Wiseman um, what the Warriors really need right now? He was so raw last season and he didn't actually even really play much. He didn't play much in college. He came to the NBA, didn't have um, a preseason as such last season because there was no summer league because of, of um, you know, the pandemic. And mm -hmm. so he had to do a lot of his learning on the court and it was a tough experience for him because you're going to get shown up there especially your defensive failings and then to get injured and miss the remainder of the season was just a hammer blow for him and Kevon Looney really has always been a bits and pieces center for the Warriors he understands their schemes he knows what he needs to do he's a contributor he's not a star but when you look at some of the other guys that they managed to bring in now and also another year of experience for some of the guys who've been coming off the bench, like your Jordan Pools, your Juan Toscano Andersons, um, and also, let's not forget, uh, Steph Curry's brother-in-law, Damian Lee. Um, they are understanding the system. They're understanding the way things are working a lot better. And so they could be better contributors off the bench than they have been in previous seasons. But let's not discount the guys that they've drafted this season as well, because they had two very high draft picks, two lottery picks, one in Jonathan Kuminga, our African brother um, from the DRC, and the other mm -hmm. one in Moses Moody. Now, Kuminga's 18, Moody's 19. You cannot expect much from an 18 or a 19-year-old. But the thing for me about Kuminga that makes him a really interesting prospect is that he played in the G League last season. And mm -hmm. I, I have a feeling about those G League guys, Jalen Green, Kuminga, because 
they've basically G League basketball is NBA basketball light. You know, you're playing with grown men, you're you're playing the game with the right dimensions. The the hoop is is grown man size. The three point yep. line is where it's supposed to be, and they showed real character in in doing as well as they did um, on that kind of stage. So I think that you could expect a little bit from them, but not a heck of a lot. Do I think the Warriors are going to win the championship this season? No. I don't think so. But <laughs> what I will say, though, is I think that they're going to surprise a lot of guys and surprise a lot of teams, even if Clay isn't at 100%. He's only expected mm-hmm. to be back around Christmas anyway. I do think mm-hmm. that with the addition of Otto Porter Jr., who's had his injury struggles, but he was a lottery pick when he was um, when he was selected. And he does shoot the ball relatively well. When he's on the floor and he's fit, he's not bad at all. Nemanja Bialica is also a really good pickup for them because he is what the Warriors generally miss, a stretch big. He's not the tallest guy and he's not going to be like blocking shots uh, from no man's land from the defensive end. But what he does give you is a little bit of rim protection, a little bit, not a heck of a lot. Um, he gives you good three-point shooting. And he, I think he's also relatively good at, at the free throw line as well. And that's a good risk for a team trying to make some sort of statement and if they can get into the playoffs with these youngsters on this roster if they keep them um, towards the trade deadline because anything could happen um, I still think the Warriors have got something that that people should be paying attention to um, counter mm-hmm. let's we're going to go back into free agency stuff we cannot just stick primarily to the Western Conference here. We have to talk yep. about the moves that were made in the East. And there's mm-hmm. some really intriguing ones. Now, let's start with the champions, the Bucks. They didn't necessarily do anything spectacular. If anything, what they did no. was they just sort of, um, you know, stuck to what they had. And they said, okay, look, we'll bring in a couple of guys. One of them is not particularly my favorite, but um, he'll do okay. And Grayson Allen, um, they weren't able to hold on to... Um, one of the better players that they had last season, um, and his name is obviously escaping me at the moment, but he's gone to the Heat. Um, one of their vets. But the thing about where the Bucks are, though, is that yes, they might have lost a couple of pieces, but they still have Giannis, they still have Drew Holiday, and they still have um, Chris Middleton, and and those particular guys will be really important, especially because they held on to the likes of Bobby Portis Mm -hmm. and um, Brooke Lopez is still there. So I think they're going to try and run it back as much as possible. Um, Do you think that the the, the Bucks are the team to beat or do you think it's the Nets, as everybody else has been saying? Look, Cyrus, uh, the Bucks beat the Nets, be it uh, a hobbled Nets. But they beat them, right? And yep. the Bucks are the champions. So the the although we don't say defending champions in in, in basketball, but they are de facto defending cha- defending champions. So they are the yeah. team to beat. Uh, a, a fully, you know, fit Nets is also to be feared. But we 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 also mm. haven't seen a fully fit Nets come together and show us that that that, that chemistry. You know, we 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 really haven't seen if. Putting KD, uh, 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 putting Harden, and putting Kyrie on the floor at the same time can can, can produce fireworks, Cyrus. We really yeah. haven't seen that in many games because either one's been injured, two have been injured, and then one's carrying the team, and this time the third. So we, we haven't really seen whether that chemistry will work. I hope that they, for the sake of competition that they stay fit and we get to see them play. But I think 
the two teams basically to beat in the in the East, Cyrus, are the Bucks and the Nets. Squads have yeah. stayed re- re- relatively the same on, on, on both ends, and, and, and I love that fact because there's a lot to be said about can the Nets, you, you know, uh, 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 really take the East when they're a full squad, and then again. Can you beat the Bucks? A motivated Bucks, a championship Bucks. So you know, Cyrus, yeah. the, the, just the stories that are beginning to develop are, are, are fantastic. I love it. I, I mean, I mean, there's there's lots more teams that are motivated in the East. Even the New York Knicks, who we've been laughing at for so many years, seem to be finding some sort of groove. They've and, got a and, smile and on I, their face. Uh, yeah, and, and I hope some of the new pieces they they added, and them taking uh, back one Derrick Rose again. I know he's not the Derrick Rose of old, but Ooh, still, Kemba yeah, Walker being there, you know, is key, and Kemba Walker going there now. You know, they they got the youngsters like in your OB Toppins that are there that are still, you know, you know, ready to take it to that next level. So I'm excited about that New York franchise as well. Things happened in Washington as well. I don't know whether it's gonna work. I but, mean, hey. I, I don't think the the Wizards are expecting to win a championship here, but I, I no, think but, they, but, they, but, they have they have designs they can, on a playoff place. By the way, absolutely. that was PJ Tucker I was thinking about earlier. PJ Tucker. Oh, the the the, the, the Bucks lost PJ Tucker to the yeah, Heat. Yeah. But but I, I mean I hear you in terms of like looking at 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 the Knicks as being somebody as well. But I think the Nets what they've done is they've just said we know that. KD is sensational. We just need to make sure James Harden is fitting on the floor and Kyrie's there to join them too. And then we'll mm-hmm. run it back with the guys that we have. And I think also them freeing up space by potentially buying out DeAndre Jordan gives them an opportunity to potentially bring somebody else in. And re-signing mm-hmm. the likes of Blake Griffin is, is important. But Patty Mills will be the big one for the Nets because they now have another guard who is really experienced who can play super 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 basketball coming off the bench to to give them minutes that will potentially take them to a championship and so i think yeah. we have to keep looking at the nets as being the the de facto sort of champions here but in terms of the off season and cyrus before we go into the off season let's not disrespect trey young and his atlanta hawks those young yep. men balled their socks off last season, Cyrus. They really and, did. And had an impressive off, I mean, postseason. I was like, oh, wow. I, I'm, I'm impressed. I mean, like, you know, Trey Young is an undersized guard. People look at Clint Capella's not really that superb center. You, you know, they, they had all these uh, John Collins as his challenges. Yada, yada, yada. But they showed up and they balled. I mean, it's just that the Bucks, well. it was that. It was the the Bucks's, you know, championship year, so there was nothing they could do. But let's not underplay the Atlanta Hawks. ATL, uh, big shout out to our friend uh, Shane Wellington. ATL, I think uh, we, we shouldn't downplay their potential either. But but I, I guess I suppose when when we'll we'll talk about you know potential champions and contenders, we got to talk about them. But I think in terms of off season moves, because this is the uh-huh. other thing we're talking really about about who can actually you know, improve themselves. I mean, if you're looking at movers and shakers, you got to then look in the East at the Miami Heat and the Chicago mm-hmm. Bulls because the Bulls have really got to, to step up. And now, you know, with the li- signing of Lonzo Ball, with the signing of DeMar DeRozan, even Alex Caruso, you know, they've brought in some really good talent there t- that should take them to the next level when you pair it with the likes of um, Zach Levine and Nikola yep. Vucevic. Um, but I just look at the Heat and I think... Are we also looking at this heat 
team and, and and we're not paying it the respect that it deserves because there's some really good players in that team and i think this will also tie into one of the other points that we want to make just now but when you look at this heat team right mm-hmm. you're, you're looking at uh, jimmy butler will be the sort of center point of whatever happens in that team but he's joined by the likes of kyle lowry who will take a heck of a lot of of the pressure off him from a ball handling perspective mm-hmm. um and then you've also got victor oladipo who's re-signed on a really really good deal for the heat not a great deal for him um signing pj tucker they've let go of precious Achua, but um, they've still got Bam Adebayo, who's the, the sort of central uh, center there. And Dwayne Dedman being part of that mix gives them, uh, you know, somebody that they can actually look at to say, okay, we've got bigs, we've got our guards, and we just need to get, get our shooters going. And they've managed to to hold on to um, one of their most important shooters. And I'm not talking about none other than Tyler Hero. I'm talking about Duncan Robinson, who's been sensational for them. He signed a good good contract. Do you think the Heat are a team we've got to keep an eye on? Absolutely, Cyrus. I, th- I think uh, in the uh, 20, uh, 2020-2021 season, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, 2019-2020 season. Yeah, they, the bubble they, season. They, they, the bubble season, they showed us that they, they, they have what it takes to take it to that next level. And I think being that they've added some 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 harder pieces, they they, they might have uh, lost the Kendrick Nunn, who's gone to the Lakers, but still they've they've kept Hero Robinson. They 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 got Jimmy buckets. Now they've brought in an experienced veteran guard in Kyle Lowry. Uh, Cyrus, we, we we can't downplay the Heat. They they the Heat, and they've still got uh, Coach Spelstra, championship winning yeah. coach. He, he yeah. he knows exactly what it takes to take it all the way to that chip. Uh, 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 Pat Riley is still there in the front office. You know, he also knows yeah. how to win tips. So that system Saris, is rock solid. That system is still rock solid. And, and I think they're not a team to be underplayed. You know, I mean, what happened last season happened last season. But I still believe that the, the, the Heat can put up great competition for the best of them. So what I'm going to do, Kay, is I'm going to ask you a question. Um, and this now, uh, you know, really relates to the contenders. Uh, before we, we we ask a couple of questions about about trades mm-hmm. in the West, who are you picking as the main contenders? Give me three contenders in the West. Three contenders in the West, Cyrus. I do believe the Lakers have read up. Like, they, they, they don't, don't think it's a joke. They, they've re This is not a joke. Uh the Phoenix Suns, Cyrus, they, they mm-hmm. showed me caliber last season that I mean and they've still got the Chris Paul in in that season's vet seasoned vet and, and I think they've kept the, the, the squad more or less the same. And yeah. I, 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 I I for some reason, judge me if you will, but I will. I, I, <laughs> the Denver Nuggets, Cyrus. I, I believe in yeah. the Denver Nuggets. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I put I always put them before the Jazz. The, the the Denver Nuggets for me. So if you were to give me three, I'd say Lakers, Suns, Jazz. I I, I do not believe in the Clippers without Kawhi. Oh, said Lakers, Suns, Nuggets. Oh, sorry, Lakers, Suns, Nuggets, and then yeah. Jazz would be at my number four. But I, I I I can't believe in the Clippers at the moment. I think they're staying in the basement. They don't have of, enough. Uh, they don't have enough. Um, they're staying in the basement of the uh, Staples Center until they move to another venue. <laughs> that's all I'm saying at the moment. Like, oh, the shade, the Lakers shade showing its 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 uh, ugly head. head. 
But I will say this, I do agree with you in terms of the contenders in the West. It's really interesting though, because I'm not sure if I feel that the Suns will be up there again. I think that they had a great season with Chris Paul last season. I'm just not sure if, if they will be contenders. And this is weird to say about a team who were in the NBA Finals last season, but I feel it's a little bit like what happened with Miami Heat in the bubble. Not to say the circumstances are the same, but things sort of worked in their favor in order to get them where they needed to be. And so I just look at that that Suns team and I think there was it was amazing to see the step up that uh, DeAndre Ayton took in mm -hmm. order to really impose himself on teams. Devin Booker was fantastic and he was solid and Chris Paul was just incredible. And then the production they got from the likes of uh, Cam Johnson and, um, you know, a few of the other players that they had in that team and like campaign and you just think, mm -hmm. okay, why not? Why can't they um, do a little bit better? I mean, Jay Crowder is still there, but I just don't know if I'm looking at that roster and thinking that's going to be better than, like you say, Nikola Jokic, who is the actual current reigning MVP, and what could be happening in Denver. Now, Denver have a major problem because Jamal Murray is still out and he's still, you know, trying to recover from injury, but mm -hmm. they it's another year for Michael Porter Jr. And that's yep. where I think I agree with you with the Nuggets in the sense that maybe this could be the year where Porter Jr. really steps up a, a little bit further um, and does a few things that he didn't do last season. They had major problems on defense um, and they just didn't, didn't really sort of resolve those. But I think the Nuggets have got a couple of pieces that could really push them forward. And fine, Paul Millsap is gone now. Um, he, he looks like he's on his way to, you know, any team in the NBA, the, the Warriors has been rumored as well. Um, but they've brought in somebody like Jeff Green, who could be a really, really big piece for them. I think Austin Rivers is still there and he managed to do some stuff. Campasso, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not going to, you know, put all my he eggs has in the puzzle. He has Boston. his days. But he does Campazzo have his days. has his days. He does he have his days. days. He's just um, not the so most think... consistent player on the squad, but he has exactly. his days. Exactly. And I think it's important to see what they do with the other pieces there because I'm leaving out Aaron Gordon and Aaron Gordon was superb for them. And if they can get Jamal Murray back to a high level of fitness relatively quickly, Murray, mm -hmm. Gordon, Porter Jr. and Jokic should be able to do something all together at a, at a fairly high level. So I agree with you with the Nuggets. I agree with you with the Lakers as being a contender. And I'm going to actually say that I'm, I might be hating on CP3 here, but I think the Jazz are really going to continue that push that they made last season. They were the number one seed in the West and yep. should have done better than, than they did. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell is a fantastic player. He will be performing at a relatively high level and they just need the same sort of production that they got out of the other guys that they had on that team. They haven't lost anybody in particular who was instrumental to their success. So I think it's Jazz, um, Nuggets and Lakers from the West. Your picks in the East, Counter? My picks in the East, I'll go Brooklyn Nets. Uh, and I can't go without mentioning the the, the, the reigning champions, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. And at number three, I mentioned them earlier, the Atlanta Hawks. They really impressed me last season. It, it showed you what being underrated and proving the haters wrong, uh, you know, can do. And that's exactly what the ATL did for me. So I'm going Nets. Bucks, Hawks. That's, that's okay. the East for me. I, I like those three. I like those three. For me, I'm going to agree completely on the Bucks and Nets. They're just the best teams in the Eastern Conference at the moment. I do mm -hmm. like the Hawks. I like their style. I like... 
Trey Young. I like John Collins. I'm a big fan of John Collins's. Uh, obviously, we're a big fan of Clint Capella as uh, he's a you know former uh, fellow African player um, with his African roots. But I'm going to say something a little controversial here. Uh oh. I think the third team for me is potentially the Miami Heat. Um, I think that what they've done was look at problem areas in their team and fix those and bring in pretty good talent to beef up the stocks that they needed where they needed it. So for instance, I think that Kyle Lowry is an upgrade in the guard position compared to Goran Dragic. And you should get more out of Kyle Lowry on that that, that lineup than you, than you did out of Dragic. I think him and Jimmy Butler together is a great two-way um, backcourt because they can both play up and down that court. They can defend well. They can also score when needed. And it takes a little bit more of the scoring burden off, off Jimmy Butler. Mm -hmm. Looking at the, the scoring from the wings, I do think that uh, Duncan Robinson will be at a fairly high level as he was um, you know, this past season and has been consistently. And maybe we will see a little bit more out of Tyler Hero this season than we did uh, in previous seasons because he's got the talent and the belief in himself to, to keep pushing. Um, and PJ Tucker basically takes the role that Andre Iguodala had on that that roster as yep. being the veteran who can score a little bit, defend quite well, and really try and get his team going. And then we've got another and season with Bamba. Let's, let's not forget they have given one Udanis Haslam, the never yeah, aging Udanis oh Haslam, another season. Yeah. They've given him another yeah. season, Cyrus. To, to be that's the highest-paid cheerleader. That's the, no, that's the, <laughs> the locker-room guy. The Jared Dudley of the Miami Heat. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. The, apparently, this locker-room presence thing is a thing in the NBA where it's like, we'll pay you to just be here hyping us up. I mean, if yeah. it works for rappers, you know, why not Why not for basketball players? Um but he is the heart and soul of that Heat franchise. And, you know, he's one of those guys who's given his entire career to them. But those are my picks. I think those are the guys. So let's let's round off the podcast here because I've got we've got to talk about some of the, the players who I think talk themselves and work themselves into raw deals and mm -hmm. then potentially what we could expect for them. And these two being Victor Oladipo, who we've spoken about, who's also at that Heat, who could potentially also show that he's got something in the tank and you know, um, could could help the Heat this coming season. And then Dennis Schroeder, who decided to look past all of the dollars that were being thrown at him by the Lakers, gets a really, in comparison, terrible contract, um, and he signs for the Celtics, but it's for one year. Um, what do you think their chances are this coming season? Let's start with, with um, Oladipo. What do you think he's going to be trying to work towards? What's his goal? Look, Cyrus, I think with Victor, it's going to be further proving that he is fit and, and the, the, the injuries are behind him. And, and, and he's a, he's a top-notch marksman. He's, he's a great guard. I think he, he, he's got the wherewithal to prove that. And, and we've seen him do it. He, he, he's even been an NBA Africa game MVP, Cyrus. Let's not mm, forget yeah. that. Oh, a big, he, big achievement, that. Big achievement. Cyrus, don't downplay and then he, 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 he downplay. <laughs> he, he he he's an elite guard. Let's let, let's not forget yeah. what he did at in Indiana. You know, Cyrus. Yeah. Let, let's not forget what he did in Indiana. Shortstop at 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 at, at the Houston Rockets. But we know he's an elite guard. You can't downplay Victor Oladipo. Yeah, I, I think honestly, big shout out to Vic. I hope uh, everything goes well. And, and and I think Miami is a great place for him. And he's going to be playing alongside. 
you know, a, a vet uh, in Kyle Lowry in the backcourt. And, and, and I think that's going to be a, a great pairing and it's going to allow him to, to you know, find positioning and get fed by uh, by, by Kyle and, and make those shots. You know, he's good from three. Yeah. He's good from mid-range. He can also drive to the hoop. He's decent from the charity stripes. So I think Victor has definitely got the opportunity to to to, to attract more bucks. I think it's rehab his career. A, a, a wrinkle in time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he'll get over it. He'll get over no, it. No, I, I, I think I tend to agree with you, Yakanda. I do think that Oladipo's his main aim here will be to prove that he deserves to be in the NBA. Um injuries yeah. aside. And he's got the talent. I mean, you know, he's he's an all-star um I think a couple of times. And the thing was that, you know, when he was at the, the best Victor Oladipo we saw that was at the paces before the injury was mm -hmm. one of the best players in the NBA. And yep. um, if I remember correctly, he was also like most improved player. I think he's won that. Mm -hmm. And the thing about... And uh, he also took a LeBron-led Cavaliers to, to a game seven. Game yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but, but, but so let, but let's not downplay the guy. Yeah, but but I do think though, and and people always say sometimes you have a season in the NBA, and you know that's where a lot of people's thinking is is that yeah, he, you know his son rose really early and it's he, set really he, fast. He is not Matthew Delavado. <laughs> I'll tell you, Delhi's not a bad guy, but anyway, you know your shade <laughs> is is definitely intense today. I do think Victor Oladipo will will try to make the most of this opportunity, and what he will have going for him this time is that he will not have a lot of pressure on him. Um, mm -hmm. He's not expected to be the main guy. You've got Kyle Lowry there. You've got uh, Jimmy Butler, and they'll be the main two two guys. And if he's able to then give excellent, um, you know, production off the bench, um, the Heat have, have stumbled onto another winner. Um, so I think that's what the, the Heat are looking at. They're saying it's not going to cost, cost us a, a lot of money. We can work with this guy. He, you know, he is one of the better free agents when fit. So. Let's see what we can do, and maybe we can push him to to take us to the next level because he is a pretty good scorer when when he's on form. Um, but now Dennis Schroeder and and I listened to a really interesting podcast from the Ringer uh, with mm -hmm. Kevin O'Connor where they were talking about the Boston Celtics. Um, in fact, it wasn't them; it was another podcast um, and another YouTuber called Sporting Logical. And he talked about the fact that he felt the Celtics are a potential sleeper contender um, in in the East. I found it a bit weird, but then I thought about it in terms of what Dennis Schroeder does. Mm -hmm. And this is a guy who potentially should have been the sixth man of the year, but was beaten out by, um, beaten to the award by uh, Montrezl Harrell. But he's he's a heck of a really crafty guard. He shoots well. He drives the hoop really well. He is what the Celtics were hoping Kemba Walker would be, just mm -hmm. maybe not at, at what peak Kemba was. And I think that, and he's also a lot bigger, so he's not terrible yep. on defense. I do think that Schroeder is going to be playing for his life in the NBA. We, Everybody and their mom has laughed at Dennis Schroeder's uh, downfall this this offseason because he didn't get the bag. He bet on himself and, and, and it didn't pan out. But it could also just be he has a down here in terms of earnings, but then has the best year of his life going into the season and potentially signs an even bigger contract to what he'd had before. Um, do you think that something like that is possible, especially if the Celtics do something? First of all, he's also another Africa game alum. So let's not, forget that. let's not forget that. And, and with the Africa game comes prosperity. Cyrus, yes, we've seen it's it. A, it's another wrinkle in, in yeah. someone's career. Cyrus, like you said, he bet on himself. Things didn't quite pan out. And, and I think sometimes 
your 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 insistence on getting the value you wish you have gets misunderstood for arrogance mm. and people distance themselves but i think dennis is a humble enough god to see that okay i i just need to focus on my on my game so first of all I know there's economies of scale, but let's not pretend like he's not going to be getting paid <laughs> millions of dollars. He's his $5 million. You, like, you, you know oh, what I'm saying? Goodness, oh, I went on the $5 million. Million. Yeah. <laughs> So Cyrus, let, let's not pretend he's not going to be paid millions of dollars to play basketball, but at that talent, obviously we know he feels and rightfully so that he should be paid much, much more. But yeah. this is one of those years where you say, Cyrus, I think he could have the year of his season. This could be the season where he says, you, you see when I when I said I shouldn't come off the bench or I should be the primary ball handler when I went to the Lakers, this is what I was talking about. The yeah. Boston Celtics have given me the opportunity to shine. And like you said, he's a bigger, potentially stronger uh, uh, Kemba Walker. So yeah. so defensively, he's going to be giving them performance Defin as well as offensively. Fitter, <laughs> Kemba So Cyrus... I, I think it's one of those things. It's unfortunate that he wound up where he is with the contract that he has, but he has an agent, one, who's going to keep fighting for him to get more money. Two, he has the skill set to prove that he's worth more. And I think he's moving to a franchise, although that's also had some changes, because remember Brad Stevens has stepped away yeah, from his coaching office. Uh, uh, duties and gone to the front office. And so, so there's been a change there, but I, I really trust who's the head coach now yeah Ime, Ime Udoka. Ime Udoka, a nigerian american i think he's gonna do great things there he's he, he i think he's worked with the likes of the san antonio spurs under mm, coach mm. uh uh greg popovich so he comes with a lot of you you, you know experience and uh behind him so i'm i'm, I'm really happy that that uh, you know as much as we might be going oh yeah dennis should have played himself but wait he's got the opportunity to show you that this is the reason why I was kicking up a fuss that I need a better contract. Yeah. And then and people are going to understand. I, I get you. And I mean, like when you look at it from a Lakers perspective, they could have, have signed Dennis. He could have been their starting guard and Russell Westbrook could have stayed in Washington or potentially moved somewhere else. They've now taken Dennis Schroeder and turned that into Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. And the Lakers aren't going to be upset that they did that. Um, especially since... Dennis kind of faded a little bit in in uh, in, in the the postseason, but then he also was struggling with COVID. So there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that will be problematic. But I do think though that Schroeder at the Celtics could be a really interesting move. I like it for him. I like it for the Boston Celtics because they're they're, they're sort of doing a, a light rebuild in a way. And and who knows? I mean, if he does really well, because this is a player who's, I think he averaged 19 points when he was in that almost six man of the year winning uh, season. If he can give them 19 points and six assists a game, that changes the game in Boston when you've still got Cyrus. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah, I was about to say, if him and, uh, 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 and Tatum and Brown click, that's going to be beautiful basketball, Cyrus. That's yeah. going to be beautiful basketball. Exactly. I can't wait to see what happens there because if he's feeding them, and you know Jason Tatum, he's not even scared to dunk on the guy we call the king in the league. You dunk on that guy. Yeah, Jalen Brown is not scared to talk down the greatest shooter that I ever played. <laughs> 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 to look in his face and say, I can take you on. You know, like, so you've got two fearless youngsters on that squad and then you add... 
a, a semi-vet in, in Dennis Schroeder who's played in ATL along uh, the, the, the alongside the likes of Jeff Teague and, and you know obviously journeyed and around and Al Celtics. And he's journeyed around and now finds himself, you know, playing at the Celtics. I think I think it's a great move. He's really going to prove to us, the analysts, as well as the fans, to say, "Look, this is why I said I needed the kind of zeros behind the one that I said I yeah. deserved." Now I, I I'm with you, Calendar. I absolutely love this move for Dennis Schroeder, and I think that the Celtics could really surprise a lot of guys this season because they haven't lost too they haven't lost too much talent. You know, mm-hmm. with Kemba going, he wasn't really as contributing as much as they needed. If Schroeder can you know um, give some of that back, and they've also got Josh Richardson. Um, and you know some of the other youngsters step forward like like robert williams who looked really good for them last season this could be a celtics uh, season that that shocks a lot of people um yep. and and you know maybe they, they end up as a, you know in the top five in in the east potentially three or four but we'll see how things go we're gonna have to leave it there though okay um thank you so much my brother this has been emotional as always really good yep <laughs> and thank you everybody for listening this has been the post up podcast make sure that you subscribe to this listen to us as often as possible we are africa's number one nba focused podcast looking at players with african um pedigree and history and lineage but also looking at the nba as a whole as an organization that we absolutely love to death so thank you for much so much for listening to the post up podcast it's been uh really great having you um from me cyrus rogers and he is Kaunda chama Peace. Goodbye.